Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! Welcome to the series. We are here. We What is the name of our series? Do you remember? Anatomy of Redemption. So we are here in Tacoma. You saw some B-roll of us driving in. We're taking our kids skating at Alchemy Skate Park. And I thought it would be the perfect time for us to get in our car and record a podcast like normal people do <laughs> about our journey with faith in our marriage, mm-hmm. uh, our our church like family falling apart. Church in, community. With Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. And all of that. What sort of thoughts do you so want to add? Just a lot of this, gate? yeah, a lot of this is about our own spirituality, uh, Christian, right? Christianity, uh, the way that we got connected deeply to a church out here in Seattle, um, talking about the community that we built there, the the impact that uh, the church had on our marriage, on our kids' lives, and the, which was a positive impact. Uh, the people we met, the counselors that we worked with during some of the worst times in our marriage and our lives. And then also the other side of that. As you guys know, Mars Hill Church out in Seattle um, was around for, I think, like 15 or so years. Then it all ended. And um, and that was our church. And that was our main church. That was our community. That's, that was our community. We did worship music there. We... Uh, all kinds of stuff there, and it was a really, really deep part of who we were, um, who, uh, a, a deep part of what uh, the church was in our marriage, and I, it felt, it didn't feel, it, it was a real family, and then that whole thing imploded, so we're going to docu- we're going to talk about that, uh, walk you guys through how important it was for us, how we changed, how we grew, and then the other side of that, uh, when it imploded, and then the I don't know, like five or six years post of the church imploding and what we thought, what I thought about spirituality, about God, what Melanie thought about spirituality and God, and now our full circle kind of um, uh, progress, I guess, if, if you want to call it that, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to start with... Um, and Sorry, uh, before... So this is kind of cool because our very first podcast released... I don't know, six years ago to the day, actually, six years ago to the day, was recorded on an iPhone in a car. I was sitting here. Melanie was sitting there. And not we in just, this car, though. Not in this car. We've upgraded since then. Um, and it was one of the realest conversations we've had, and we're intending, that, intending this to be another real conversation because we have been um, at a different moment in our marriage, in our lives, individually, and we're we're reforging all of that. Like, uh, so it, it's I think it's kind of cool. It's like we're using a lot of the same equipment that we used in the very early days of our marriage, except we're not on an iPhone. And if you haven't heard season one, there's there's thirteen episodes. Of season one's really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to start with sharing the background of our actual individual uh, faith experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, when did you become a Christian? Were you raised in the church? All of that kind of stuff. And I will say we are literally sitting in a parking garage or a parking lot in Tacoma. So we may be interrupted and the sun is going to set and it's going to get dark. So whatever, get over it. If we're interrupted <laughs> and you hear gunshots, you know what happens. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but 
So tell me about, or tell everybody about your experience with religion pre-me. Mm. Pre-me? Pre-me. So I, I was born premature and uh, found God. Uh, no, I grew up in the South. And uh, in the Where South, specifically? specifically in South Carolina, a small town called Greer, Blue Ridge, South Carolina. And that's the Bible Belt. That's the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. And I specifically grew up in a church of God where people ran the aisles, they spoke in tongues, they did healing, all kinds of stuff. And sometimes it would get crazy. And um, that that's just how I grew up, right? It was never, oh, we'll be going to church. It was this is what you do. This is what you do. This is a part of your life. Basically, What's your microphone doing? You... Sorry. This is a part of your life, basically, no matter what. And that was the, it's what you were steeped in, like a tea bag steeping in water. That's just what it was. And for that came uh, probably a skewed view of God, right? Just like, okay, this is what you do. People get saved and then resaved and saved and resaved, but all the while they're going to church on Sundays and then doing kind of crazy stuff, you know, on the weekends. What's kind of crazy stuff? Oh, just drinking, you know, sex, drugs, whatever. But then you go back to church on Sunday and say, oh, I'm forgiven. I rededicate my life. You know, some of your listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. And if other listeners don't, that's fine. That's just what the experience was. And Part of the uh, reason for this podcast is because it's it's like a, I've had a, a new, I don't know, a, a new awakening kind of, <clears throat> I was telling Melanie and some friends, it's like I've seen a different color for the first time. And so it's an experience of God that was, was not really similar to what I grew up with and not even what I was um, experiencing when we were in Mars Hill. So that's how I grew up. Like, I don't know. It's very black and white. Are you saved? Or are you not saved? Right? If you died right now, are you going to hell or heaven? What's your choice? And then, man, um, and as a kid, you're like, it scares the hell out of you, literally. And then you go, okay, I'll do whatever. I, you know, just I don't want to like burn, you know, with devils forever. And you're like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. So it was a lot of fear-based, a, a lot of um, do this or you will X, Y, Z, right? If you don't, then bad stuff will happen kind of thing. And so that was never, that was, that was never real to me. It was real to me as a kid, but like, as I'm growing older and matured, it's like, what, what does that even mean? That, I, I, just, I don't, I don't get it. Right. So that's my experience with growing up in the church and faith, Christianity specifically. What about you? Well, did you think that faith would be a part of your marriage? Did you think about it at all? Just out of curiosity? Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And that goes back to the, to the culture that you're steeped in. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll marry a woman. She'll be a Christian and we'll go to church on Sundays no matter what, mm -hmm. you know. And that's that's just what it what I thought, mm -hmm. you know, just like, oh, yeah, the person you marry, you're going to have kids. What is your car doing? I don't know. I'm so mad right now. Okay. Um, I ate McDonald's on the way here and I just burped at McDonald's. <laughs> gross. Um, were you going to say more? Or can I go to mine? No, full expectation of, yeah, you get married, of course we're going to church. Don't be a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's what it was. Of course you're going to church. Don't be a weirdo. Right. Uh, I grew up in Seattle area, south of Seattle in Maple Valley, slash Hobart, slash Issaquah. Sin Den. I don't know what that means. Um, did you say Sin Den? Like den. a den of sin? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, but that's the area that I grew up in. We grew up going to St. Joseph's Catholic Church in mm-hmm. Issaquah. We were part of the Catholic Church forever. Uh, I don't, all I remember about the Catholic Church was it being so freaking boring. Right. Like, I don't remember anything they talked about really at all. Was Mass important to you or the Eucharist or whatever that is? I don't know is? what that is. Mass? I don't know what the Eucharist is. You think little, I know what cracker? that is? I don't know what that is. You're Christ? <laughs> You're Christ? So, I guess that's, uh, so you you weren't very participatory in the Catholic faith. Then. As zero knew. Okay, I mean, is that okay. that is not a reflection of my parents not teaching me that right. or the church not being good. That's a reflection of me not listening or caring. I see. So growing up in the Catholic church, I would say the, the things I really liked about it were that we, we gave a lot, like we volunteered our time. We helped at this, like after service, you give out donuts and you do coffee for old people at the you did, tables. You, did, you helped out old people and gave them food and did services. Yeah. Like we did stuff at the church. We volunteered there all the time. My mom would decorate it. We would do flowers at it. So we got to like go to the church all the time when it wasn't church time, which was re- which was the funnest part. Did you um, enjoy that? Did you find a sense of community around that? Yeah. Yeah. That was super fun. Like I got to be with my mom all the time and mm-hmm. my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and just like move stuff and then be like afraid of the scary church places where you're like, oh, it's like a church closet. Ooh. Church at night. You yeah. ever been to church at night? Yes. Nobody. Oh. But Catholic church at night is even ever. different. I differenter. Um, and, but I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about like religion really. And I did, I grew up in a home where as, as, uh, although we were like religiously Catholic, like that's the religion we were, Yeah, we were also, we talked about theology all the time, but like my dad would listen to Joseph Campbell and who's that guy in the wheelchair I was just talking about? Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. And like, he would talk about the universe and black holes and, uh, the, transcendency to the transparency nope said it backwards the transparency to transcendency which is a joseph campbell thing so we grew up going to a catholic church but sort of being like church is a little bit silly Mm -hmm. people if you're mean to someone that's not right doesn't matter what religion you are so my i didn't have a huge emphasis on jesus didn't really you mean much you never thought very very unlike the way that i grew up Oh, heaven or hell, I better make a decision tonight because if I get in a car crash, I'm really screwed. No. Never. No. And no one talked to me that way about it. Right, right. But again, the Catholic Church is in like, what is the Eucharist? Nobody knows what that is. Not even even the person who made it up. And so they don't speak like a regular Christian group would be like, you're going to go to hell. It would be like, thou shall burn in thine fire of thine will. Like nothing makes sense anyway. So who even knows? Mm -hmm. But that was how I was raised. People are fine. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you're religious. Like you love people and you be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, when I became when I was 19, mm-hmm. actually 20 years ago, it was on Thanksgiving. 20 years ago. Wow. What's the day today? What day is it? December 3rd. Literally 20 years ago, yesterday was when I got that little black Bible. Wow. That you know what I'm talking about? The New about? Testament. The thing, New yeah. Testament. I, it's 12:02. Did your old boyfriend give it to you? Yes. Uh, That's cool. It is cool. Good. (laughs) But anyway, I was dating a guy whose family was all Christian, and uh, the dad would actually read the Bible to me, which I thought was really interesting, and he was just, like, super nice. Was that something— Dad. Well, I have an idea, but that seems like it was something that was very, very, very different and new to you. 
I mean, I don't know. He was just talking to me. He was just a nice dude that was talking to me. Okay. And so part of it was like, why is my microphone setting so low? Well, whatever. Uh, he was just nice. And mm-hmm. he would talk about the Bible and then so would the wife. And it w- was just fun. And then by chance, every single person I worked with at Starbucks, when mm-hmm. I was, again, 18, 19 years mm-hmm. old, Starbucks in Maple Valley by QFC. It's closed now, but if you've ever been there, that's where I worked. Um, that's where we met. That's where fact. we met. But I had like everyone that I was surrounded by was a Christian. Every employee there, mm-hmm. like Leif and uh, yeah. who else? I'm trying to think. Ty- well, just, Taylor. Just all of them, right? So <laughs> Josh, you had worked there, but did you uh, know or did you like once you became a Christian, did you like start talking to them about Christianity or? No, they talked about it and they like a lot of them were really um, involved in churches and did youth group stuff. And so I just had this friend group and my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. They were all Christians and like super, super nice. And that was nothing like what the friend groups that I had had in high school and growing up. Mm -hmm. They were all like stoners, Mm -hmm. like skaters and stoners and graffiti artists and theater kids. It was all just everyone was like, and they're, they're fine people, but like, just race to the bottom. Like, how much vodka can you drink? Mm-hmm. And how many people can you sleep with? And, like, what kind of drugs can you do? All at once. Like, <laughs> and you go from that to, like, these people are like, I can pray for you. If Like, do you want me to pray with you mm-hmm. about this thing you're walking through? That must be really hard. And you're how did like, you what? Feel, how did you feel about that? Did it, did you, did you trust these new people? Like, yeah, I just thought they were pray. super nice. What, like, pass the drugs. What are you talking about? Pray. Like, no, like it was never like that. What, what was your... What was your interpretation of that, or or tell me about it? Because that's it's a pretty big difference. Um, I well, actually, this makes me think of something we were talking about earlier. You and I were talking about this idea. You get mad at me that I'm like neutral about so many things, and I don't have really strong opinions about like like you think it's a flaw. This is gonna sound weird for like a hot minute. I don't put a lot of stake in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what's going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what most people think about anything most of the time, which is what it is. But um, I didn't care that people were like, oh, I'll pray for you. I was like, okay, cool, fine. Or, oh, let's do, let's smoke some weed in this car over here. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't know. Hmm. Like, I didn't care one way or another. I, had no, I don't judge much. Interesting. So what's interesting about that? No. I, I I knew that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But so that that being said, that's why I didn't I, I didn't have any super strong opinions when they would be like, "Hey, I can pray for you" or whatever. I was like, "Oh, that's un, that's nice. That's nicer than not." Hmm. But anyway, okay. so then I be, I uh, on Thanksgiving Day uh, became a Christian. It was literally like as if God just like kicked out my feet from underneath me. How though? It what was the process? Felt exactly like that. Was like, it like talking oh, my to goodness. my boyfriend and was like, "What?" Oh, and just cried and cried and cried. And I was like, "I don't know." What's Why going did you on. cry? Because I, it was like the Holy Spirit just did some crazy vibes. Were you so you were moved by it in a way? Like were you were you different? I mean, this is like a, a conversion. Like, oh, I converted to Christianity because I had this. Uh, I don't know what miracle happened. experience or I, I don't know I, why a miracle experience would be what I would even have. I don't I don't understand it at all and mm-hmm. have still don't get it. Didn't get Did it you resist it? it? Like, what is this? This is weird. This no. is uncomfortable. This is crazy. No, because it was like, like, you can't resist gravity. It's not like you'd be like, oh, that thing happened. Nah, like there's no resisting it. It was it is and was 
so overwhelmingly like, well, this came out of nowhere. You want me to put some Christianese on that? <laughs> sure. God was tugging at your heartstrings. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the, but it was very much the opposite of how I was. Uh, and up until that point, God I... God was calling. You picked up. <laughs> up until that point, I just didn't care about anything. Did drugs, slept with people, like didn't care. I wasn't a terrible person. I wasn't mean and bad and unkind, but I just didn't care about anything and did whatever I wanted. You were terrible. Because there was no consequences. Just FYI. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't be out of my family group. Like, there's nothing I could have done to like be disowned. So I was like, eh, whatever. Might mm-hmm. as well do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God I never got an STI or into an accident or overdosed or any crazy thing. I could have mm-hmm. like could have mm-hmm. easily gotten to a lot of really really terrible situations. And I say, I said this in women's group coaching the other day actually that, and I've said this, I say this all the time. Like, I feel like I would have been protected. Mm. One million percent have been protected. Like, in all the stupid p- places that I put myself with people who didn't really care about me mm-hmm. and, and not safe and not smart and on drugs and still was protected. Mm. And I don't know why. I don't necessarily even think that's fair or kind, but <laughs> that sounds funny. But Fair or kind to you? Like I don't you, know. You didn't it's, deserve it, no. right? Yeah, it's like un- unwarranted 100%. Mm. But anyway... So that is my experience with faith. Grew up Catholic, didn't really care, don't even know what the Eucharist is. Became a Christian proper at 19 without, with zero desire to become a Christian proper. So then proper. you started praying. Yes. Got differently. A little you started. Biblio. You started. What the? What? You started. I think that's when you're in. It might. No, it was. Uh, I moved. It oh. might have just been the cable. You started reading scriptures. You started reading mm-hmm. the Bible. You started talking to other people about Christianity and God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? All of a sudden, all my coworkers made a lot more sense to me. And you also, and this is from, I know this from talking to you, things that you previously liked, you didn't like anymore. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. It's like you, you, you liked it. This is an example. You liked a certain type of food, and then boom, the next day, you're like, I can't eat that anymore. I don't want it. It doesn't taste good. I'm not interested in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, and so I think that that transition paints how I have experienced faith versus how you experience faith. Because it yeah. wasn't a scary, weird, like, you're six years old and gnashing of teeth and weeping. It wasn't that. It was that's, like... That's- Sulfur, hellfire, right. brimstone. It wasn't that. So I didn't mm-hmm. have that experience of being, I, I didn't have a child, a really, any negative thoughts about faith or God or anything when I was little. You weren't scared into it. No. Right? No, not at all. There was there was nothing scary. It was like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can you skip forward so your face is in the light more? Oh, sure. Uh, Sorry, this is, the sun is setting and. How's that? That's nice. Okay, really so nice. you you weren't you weren't scared like coerced by fear into it like you know you didn't have youth pastors asking you where would you go right now if you died right. Also, I mean, again, back to the point of like I don't know. I I guess I just don't really care what other. <laughs> I don't know. If a youth pastor asked me that, I'd be like. Whatever. Uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. What Not that, in the South. I don't know you, what that means, like, but I just don't care. I don't know. <laughs> and then they would ask you again, and you every Wednesday at youth group, and every Sunday, you would hear, and that'd be the message, and it would just be terrible. Uh, 
so yeah, your your experience was very, very different from mine. And I think that, like, you know, if we're talking about your conversion experience at 19, it was, you weren't looking for it. Right. Nobody was talking about it. Nobody was asking you weird, messed up questions about when, right. what if you die, what happens, or all this stuff. And it was a, you chose, like, obviously, God was working on your heart, and then boom, kind of hit you, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's much more of a beautiful, con- in fact, that is what my recent experience has been, like in the last several weeks mm-hmm. and months, you know what I'm saying? But we'll get into that on, on other episodes. I would other say episodes. months, but. Weeks then. Days. Not days. It's been weeks. It's been a week. It's not been one week. It's been one week. If I had crickets, you know what I would do right now. <laughs> but anyway. Just like if you had them in your pocket. Right. Squeak. And, uh, okay. But so all of that to set up, then we meet. You and I meet. Mm-hmm. So at that you same Starbucks. are in at that point in 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. 2003 area. You were in Emory. Mm-hmm. And you moved up from South Carolina to Seattle, Bellevue, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Maple Valley. Um and you were in a Christian band that all the people that I worked with at Starbucks knew who you guys were because mm-hmm. they were all Christians, right? So this funny, weird, like, confluence? I don't know, is that mm-hmm. a word? Eucharist? This <laughs> confluence yeah. of, like, I have all these Christian friends. They all know who the band Emery is. Emery all walks into Starbucks, and all of them have these thick southern accents mm-hmm. that no one has ever heard in Maple Valley, Washington, ever. And uh, then we become coworkers mm-hmm. and friends, and we were friends for a year. But again, this is the beginning of my journey of just having become a Christian. Mm-hmm. I have a shaved head when we met. I think so. I'm trying to figure out the timeline of that. Yeah, you did. We weren't we weren't dating then. Uh, your hair was growing out. I had a shaved head. Yeah, and so during so we worked together for a year. You talked about Christianity some. You knew that, you know, we were Christian. Um, and What were your thoughts about how I talked about Christianity? I'd be curious to know that. Mm, nothing, really. Uh, just it was, you were like, oh, okay, this chick's a Christian. Cool. You know, like you're reading the Bible. Obviously, you got faith, hope, and love. You got saved on your arm. I was like, oh, she's... You mean tattoos? Tattoos, yeah. Uh, she's a Christian. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um but you were a very different version of a Southern Christian mm-hmm. lady. What you are know? your thoughts on uh, that? Or nothing, did you really. I mean, it was refreshing to me because everything was new. Like, we just moved 3,000 miles away from home. Everything was an adventure. Everything was new. Everything was like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's see what around, what is around that next corner mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then, so, fast forward a little bit. You, We worked together for a year at Starbucks, got to know each other. You really get to know someone when you wake up at 4 a.m. and mm. work together. Mm. Um, and you broke up with your boyfriend, and it was like instantly we started dating. It's like literally one moment later. It, one was, it was weird. Microsecond um, later. But we kind of knew that we liked each other mm. then, you know. And church was a big part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember we would go to church. I don't remember which one. I think just random churches in Maple Valley. And stuff like that. So that no, we was... we went to City Church. Oh, yeah, that's remember? right. Remember? Mm-hmm. 
I think that was the first time I ever went to church with you. Yeah, that's you right. Remember, I made you apple turnovers. Yeah, I do. Thank you for that. I remembered it first. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, and um, and oddly enough, you were on keto, and you would eat like um, uh, bell peppers and cream cheese and ham slices on the way to city church. And Carl Budig. <sighs> Gross. Is that what it is? I think so. It's yeah. It's like the best ham. Fifty nine cents ham for half a pound is the worst. It's like my whole childhood is that. Yeah. The best flavor. Probably of a ham. lot of childhoods. So and good. But anyway, and then I'll fast forward a little bit. Then we got married and we dated for five months, got engaged, and then got married three months after that. So from starting to date, like first kiss time to actual marriage kiss was about eight months. It was yeah. like a literal eight months, which is crazy. I think our, I think it was October 10th was our first date. And then we got married on uh, August 7th. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. But Christianity, church, and the Bible was a big part of our marriage. I had no. So even, wait, hold on. Let's back up a tiny bit because in that dating phase, in the eight months that we dated, you toured a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then near the end of it, we started going to Mars Hill mm-hmm. in Ballard. Right. Is that right? Ballard. Uh, Yeah, that is right. Because you were living in Olympia, Washington. You had an apartment. You were going to college there. And you you were almost done with college. And then... Evergreen we, State, Gooey Ducks. That's right. We got married in August. And then I remember we would drive from Olympia all the way to Ballard in Seattle, mm-hmm. which was like a almost a two-hour drive. Well, hold on. I'm trying to get to our premarital counseling. I'm trying to talk about that. Oh, I Cause see. Because we, we wanted to get married at Ballard, and they wouldn't, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was just because of the timeline. We mm-hmm. wanted to get married, like, in August, and it was, like, you know, May or something. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's all booked out, whatever, and you need to do premarital counseling with Leif Moy. Mm-hmm. And his premarital counseling was just the worst. Like, I could have licked the concrete of this parking lot and gotten better advice. Like, I don't think he said anything helpful. But that's not an injunction <laughs> on him. It was just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't that's know what how, he was teaching us, but it wasn't it anything. Was. It but was... premarital counseling back in, the, back in that day was all idiotic in the first place. Like, then we got premarital, no, we found mm-hmm. a pastor. Not all of it, but that. No, seriously, all of it. It was just best. like super lame. It was just lame it's like what are we doing like anyway um, well we went so sorry we did premarital counseling with Leif Moy at Ballard and then we ended up getting married using my sister's Pastor Kev, Pastor Kev in Ellensburg mm-hmm. uh, and he was really hilarious and he came out we got married at the golf course right across from where we live right now um, and it was super fun Which is the, it turned into a church now and that's yeah. where we go to church or yeah. just recently went last week for the first time in like four years right so and then um so christianity the bible jesus church was a big part of our marriage there was never one single second that i had never thought that i wouldn't marry a christian woman and we would go to church mm-hmm. right um in fact that was one of the like six things on my my list of like, okay, what I'll, what do I want in a woman mm-hmm. um, that I marry? And of course, share the same faith was, it had to be number one on the list, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we would go to Mars Hill. This was around, this was around 2004. So Mars Hill was relatively new. Mm-hmm. And we, I had heard about Mars Hill when I first moved out here. We heard, oh man, it's a cool church. It's got a Seattle vibe, like the music that they play. 
is like no other music that I've ever heard. And of course, being a musician in a band, music was something very mm-hmm. important to me. And I was like, whoa, this is sick. Like, they're actually really good yeah. musicians. It wasn't just like a 40 or 50 year old dude up there right. playing the piano well, and like singing vibrato stuff. Yeah. And That's I wanna, what I grew up with. Yeah, I want to comment on that because I grew up in the Catholic Church. We eventually stopped going to St. Joseph's and started going to St. James Cathedral in Seattle. And mm-hmm. I joined the like cathedral choir. So I grew up listening to classical music, like the best music that there is and from a, you know, it's orchestral, it's operatic, it's all the things like with huge pipe organs. So my perception of what church should be like, the music should be good. Like it shouldn't just be this dumb, you know, someone with an acoustic yeah, guitar, someone be... who can hardly sing. Um, and so going to Mars Hill in Ballard and having the ambiance feel really cool. Like I remember that it had those huge black lights. Do you remember those big giant um, black like they hung from the ceiling. They were enormous, like mm-hmm. black lampshady things. It was, it was, a, things it was and... a complete vibe. It was. Uh, I I I just remember loving it. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely like it had candles, it. and it was dark, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful, and the the music was so good. It wasn't. Yeah, there was just so many things about it that were so different from anything that I had experienced going to all these different churches, and it didn't have that like Christianese dorky. Like, we love you, Lord. We praise you in the name of the Lord. Like, it didn't have that. <laughs> no, it didn't. It like, had, it, it had like, Pastor Bobby. bands with band names. And the Gospel cool thing copter. was, yeah, just all kinds of names. And the cool thing was because they were actual musicians. Yeah. Like, we, we I remember um, when I was touring, we played with some of the musicians that were playing on stage on Sunday and they, like, had, you know, rewritten old hymns and stuff mm-hmm. and like put distorted guitar and just crazy stuff in it. And it was like, this is awesome. And it was, it was worshipful. It yeah. was, it was like nothing else out there at all. It like was literally moving. at all. Yeah. And then like back then I respected pastor Mark Driscoll, um, and grew and like, I learned a lot and that really helped me go, oh, okay, what is church? What is God? What is marriage? What What is this? Like, you know, obviously, if you guys know anything about uh, Mark Driscoll, maybe I shouldn't even call him a pastor, honestly. Uh, Mark he Driscoll, is a pastor. Well, um, really uh, pushed men to step up and break away from whatever narrative, like, you know, a wuss of a guy mm-hmm. kind of thing. And obviously, me, like thousands upon thousands of other Young married men were like, yes, mm-hmm. let's do this. Okay, I can. I, I, I see what can be different. And maybe this was different from my family of origin or how mm-hmm. I grew up. And it was very like, hell yeah. Yep, let's go. Right? Mm-hmm. And that is one way, which I'll be super honest, that was one way that was really beneficial to me mm-hmm. in the early days of yeah. our marriage and all, all, all those all those times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, when I look at the timeline of everything, we immediately after getting married and going to Ballard regularly, we moved back up to Maple Valley a few mm-hmm. months later and we immediately were like, how can we get involved? Like we wanted to just get involved somehow. And we knew probably music would be the best way to do it because Seth was a drummer and I was a singer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we were like, let's figure out how we can get involved. And I remember the Sunday. Do you remember the Sunday? I do. When they said what? What'd they say? They said it, they had brought up this great guy, super nice dude, 
Pastor Paul from Aletheia Church. Paul in, Dean. Paul Dean in Issaquah Highlands. and uh, The great Paul Dini. <laughs> the great Paul Dini. Pastor, Pastor Dean, Pastor Paul, was on stage with Mark Driscoll, and he said, hey, I'm starting a new church as part of the Acts 29, which was a thing that Mars Hill uh, did, and it's going to be in Issaquah, and we need a drummer and a singer. And I looked at Melanie, and we looked at each other, and it was like, sign us up. Okay. I'm a drummer. She's a singer. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so went to went to um, Mars Hill for about two years. And then we left Mars Hill to go to Aletheia, which was closer to our house. And they it was a brand new church. And that it was, super was, fun. It was, that like... was super fun. So we played music there every single Sunday for, <laughs> for about like a million years. A year <laughs> and a half. No Sundays. Literally. Like no Sundays off, right? There, there weren't other bands. So either was there not? Uh, maybe, maybe a, a little bit after that. But either like I was the drummer for uh, those bands, or you were the singer, mm-hmm. you know, or the 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 side singer, or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And you played other instruments mm-hmm. too. So, um, and we built a real cool community there. Yeah, and we did some that of the, for our a long like time. longest friends are from Aletheia. Yeah, um, but again, Aletheia was an Acts twenty nine church, and we would go to Mars Hill sometimes too, as mm-hmm. well. But we were serving at Aletheia, like we as yeah. as the way that we could serve the greater, larger church mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, and it was tiny. It was the complete opposite of Mars Hill. It was tiny. It was up in the Isqua Highlands where everyone's got gajillions of dollars. Um, it was, you know. It wasn't moody. It wasn't dark. No, it, it was, was the complete opposite. But it was like, we're, we're going to serve God and do what we can do. Mm-hmm. And that's where we went. And we went and faithfully practiced and did everything and again some of our longest friendships uh in the church are from there Mm -hmm. um and that was really good right yeah it was great fast forward a year and a half um we had two we had uh one of our kids there Mm -hmm. which was great the church family supported us um there was a time where we had our car broken into at cedar river out in maple valley and a lot of my drum gear for some reason was in my land cruiser Mm -hmm. and we drove that to the river that day and our phones, and again, for some idiotic reason, our passports and our full wallets were in the car, and uh, let's see, some other stuff, like climbing and hiking gear. Mm-hmm. It's like my car was my storage unit for all the fun things that I did, and our car got broken into, and it was terrible, and I remember Alethea mm-hmm. gave us money, and I looked down at the check, and it was like, oh, cool, $100, and then I noticed... There's another zero on that. And I was just in shock. Yeah. You know, this is like 2005 or six or something. And like a thousand dollars was lot. a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was in grad school. So we were poor at the time. So I was just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So I was able to go and um, rebuy a bunch of my old drum stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a real sense of community there. And we did a lot of growth. And that was great. And we're telling you all this because this just illustrates how important the church and Christianity was in our marriage Mm -hmm. at the time. And I do want to say as well, like Aletheia followed a bunch of Mark's teachings still because it was Acts 29. So there would be things that it would be like a sermon series or like a book and we would learn it and read it and watch it or listen to it. Or Mm -hmm. the women would talk about it in community groups. So there was, there was more than just Sunday Mm -hmm. and I mean, obviously, if we're leading worship, that's a, a lot more than just Sunday. That's rehearsals. rehearsals that's mm-hmm. getting there early, staying late, setting up chairs. Like, there's a lot. And then you're with this community of believers all the time. But 
on top of that, we did community groups and the community groups, our kids became friends with each other and we would go through books together. And so this really was like a permanently, not permanently, that's not what I meant to say, um, a, a pretty solid staple in everything that we did I remember as a couple. We would have movie nights with some of our friends from the church. <laughs> we watch Pirates of the Caribbean. And I just remember that was such a different, <laughs> such a different time in our marriage. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, go have a movie night at your friend's house, like eat some dinner and then spend hours and hours and get cozy <laughs> on their couch or our couch and watch movies. Mm-hmm. And that was just so cool. Hey guys, we hope that you are absolutely loving Anatomy of Redemption, and we thought it would be helpful to share some tools that are free for you if you want to bring prayer back into your marriage or you've never had it there before. Um, And basically, we made a resource for you guys that we wish we had had when we were walking through all of this stuff. So if you go to anatomyofus.com forward slash prayer, you can get a free PDF download and watch a quick video of how to do it. And again, we're just sharing this because it's something that we wish we had had as we've been walking through this journey. Mm -hmm. So go to anatomyofus.com forward slash prayer to get this resource, to increase your prayer life, to give you a head start. Again, it's it's what we wish we had when we were going through all this stuff, and we know that it will be helpful for you. All right. Enjoy and back to the show. Bye. So we're saying this because it wasn't just like, oh, go to church on Sundays or something like that. It was our life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was of course, all we of had our, work lives. It, I don't, it was pretty much all of our friendships. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. I had any, I don't think I had any friends outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Did I? Maybe Other a handful from Starbucks and stuff like that. Or, but most yeah. of those were church folks. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even then they weren't our church folks, but they were you Church know, folks. new, not new community, real young life, real life, mm-hmm. real community. I don't know. Right. Um, so basically everyone that we were with all of the time was from the church, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, Mars Hill and Ballard or Aletheia or a different church in Maple Valley. But that larger f- church family was our entire community, except for who you worked with. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, so then we were serving the church. We served with Aletheia. And I can't remember why we decided to Well, it was just time for leave. us to go back to Mars Hill because I think there were some other opportunities to do music there. Mm-hmm. And Oh, I think it was maybe with Matt. Maybe Matt asked me. There was a reason that we left, but I can't right. remember what it was. Um, it wasn't any bad reason. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh, we've done this for a while. Let's do something new. And at that point, the, we had had... Um, Mariner already. Mm-hmm. We had had tough. This is funny to think of. Um, but yeah, we went, we, I started, I think it was Matt asked me to do music or I asked him. I honestly can't remember, but because Matt in Emory um, did music at Ballard. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he asked me because I don't no, think I would have asked no, him. I, I, that was, that was, that was later. And here's the timeline. So we had gotten news that Mars Hill was opening a new campus in oh, in Bellevue, Bellevue that's at why. Eastside that's what Christian it was. School, and yeah. they needed musicians for bands, and we're like, okay, I think we're feeling called to go back over there. So a bunch so of we us helped, went from Aletheia right. to there. So we helped kick off Mars Hill Bellevue mm-hmm. campus, which when was it, when it was at the smaller when it was campus. at a school. It was at a school, right? And so we continued to do mm-hmm. music there, and they had like multiple services. So when we did music there on Sundays. Literally, it'd be like a 6 to 7 p.m., like 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., all day long, right? All day long. And that's when we really 
started to build more community mm-hmm. with other musicians because we're spending 12 hours every single week mm-hmm. apart and also rehearsing rehearsals. So, and that was fun because that was like our, all of our friends were mm-hmm. in the bands. My yeah. brother was in the band, mm-hmm. right? So Jesse played guitar or bass or whatever he played. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And then we had, you know, Eli and Katie. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were literally all of our friends that we've had for years. Jason. Yeah. Everybody. And that, and so, and then when we went to Bellevue Christian Mm -hmm. campus for Bellevue Mars Hill, that expanded our friend group even more. So then you start knowing the sound guy who does, Mm -hmm. what was his name? He's so funny. Uh, Like the front of house person and uh, the greeters. And then you have people who would do like childcare. So your, your circle of friends, our circle of friends just got bigger Mm because the church that we started serving every week got bigger, you know? And then we were, we were tithing we were part of a bigger thing and then also we did uh these things called uh well just community groups right so you meet locally out in maple valley and they had hundreds of them all throughout mars hill uh, which was really cool because even though we were going to church in bellevue or ballard or wherever our community group was for maple valley mm-hmm. so we still have friends that we see i just saw last week people we met mm-hmm. in um at mars hill bellevue hmm. They're, they go to our, they go to new community. You, oh, cool. You know them. That's, okay. Right on. Um, um, so uh, again, keep in mind like the narrative that we're creating. We were always doing music. We were always praying. We were always hearing sermons and we had real community even outside of church. Mm-hmm. Right. So this was our, we, we weren't an island. They, these were part of, th- these people were part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were also, uh, people <laughs> gotta edit that out. I don't know. Also, part of other people's lives too. Mm-hmm. And so we did that for. I mean, we we literally have gone to Mars Hill since like 2002, mm-hmm. right? And Mars Hill imploded on 2016. Correct. 15. I think it's 16. 15. You sure it's 15? I think so. I don't know. Anyway, we went there for a very long time. And to talk about uh, another way that the church and the people in the church helped us very, very much was when our marriage went through some really, really hard mm-hmm. times, right? And that was at Bellevue Christian Campus mm-hmm. uh, when Tuff was born, mm-hmm. our second son. And so I go- was still leading worship. Like I was still doing singing and stuff. We both were. And we were just like, we were in everything all the mm-hmm. time and had little kids and would take our kids there and all the stuff. And, uh, and we went through essentially the thing that started this entire podcast, right? So Seth confessed to lying and looking at pornography. I fell apart. I gave him a black eye. It was just like an S show mm-hmm. Royale with Go cheese. back and listen to season one. Yeah. Listen to the first 13 episodes. If you don't know that story, mm-hmm. and um, that'll you, give you a real context. Yeah. And if you want to have like just the episodes, you can get them at anatomyofus.com under podcast. You'll see season one. So we, mm-hmm. we curated them there for you. Um, and season one even has a workbook, y'all. It's a big deal. So anyway, we went through that when we were at Mars Hill Bellevue at the Christian school. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to go to counseling. We had one really dukeified counselor. Really dukeified. So there was a network <laughs> of pastoral care counselors, right? And a lot of the pastors were very well-meaning but they weren't trained like yeah. clinically. They, so I'm a licensed therapist and maybe and a they hand, weren't and they weren't <laughs> right. But there was one licensed mental health counselor who was also a pastor at this 
campus. His Pastor name was Pastor Alex, Alex. Gioni. And he was really good. He mm-hmm. was really good. He was a guy, and I've said this before on podcasts a ton of times. There's been a handful of times where men who I have respected looked me straight in the eye and said, what are you doing? What the hell are mm-hmm. you doing? And men need that. Believe it or not, men need that. They need to be pushed. They need to be tested. They need to be believed in. And mm-hmm. they need to be given the opportunity to show their worth, to show their valor, right? And Alex, Pastor Alex, called me up to that, right? And he was a very integral person in our healing and our growth. Um, so that was another thing that Mars Hill did that was good, right? The community, the uh, the call to action on a different um, level that I had known and mm-hmm. thousands of other men had known and women and too. And the call to accountability, I think. Yeah, too. and the call to accountability and the call to like, okay, what are you doing? Do this right. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's hard. You can do it. And that was really important in, in, my, in my growth there. And so, okay, we slowly worked through all that stuff. And again, if you go to season one, this is like a two-year process of healing, a reconciliation, a repair, and then rebuilding mm-hmm. stuff. Right? From that initial. From, from that initial black eye and right. everything that um, happened after that. Again, go back to season one. Um, it's a good, it's a mm-hmm. good story. And but so, yeah, but like Mars Hill walked us, walked with us on that journey. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big part of it. It mm-hmm. was, uh, that was our community while we were going through all of that healing process mm-hmm. and was a big deal. It's not an insignificant thing. No. You know? Very, like I said at the beginning, uh, the church was a very big deal in our lives, in our marriage, right? And so we... Oh, and sorry. And at that time when we went through the hardest parts of our journey, one of the things that Seth did uh, completely by himself was decided, like, this is so hard. We have, like, he and I are so broken in how we were responding to this situation of how I responded and gave him a black eye and what are we doing? And we just felt like we were going crazy. And so one of the things he started doing as like a, this is how we can save our marriage is he'd set prayer alarms and he prayed six times a day for every single day for like two years. Mm -hmm. And so, so let me tell you the, the reason behind that. And this is all in season one, but there was one night where things got really, really bad. This was after the black eye and things got really, really bad. And um, Melanie, like, you know, I think, I don't know, threw things or hit me with books and stuff like that and then, like, scratched my back. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I thought she was going to literally kill me. The episode that we recorded was Hide the Guns, right? I thought she was going to kill me or kill herself or stab me while I was sleeping. So I locked myself in one of the spare bedrooms, put the couch in front of the door, and, like, just slept on the floor. And I was on my knees. She was like yelling on the other side. And I was on my knees praying like everything that I have done has not worked. God, it is not my own understanding, but yours. And it was like a very, very truest and realest moments. One of the realest moments in my life that I said to myself, I says, and I knew it was me because I could hear my own voice saying it. (laughs) That was a weird sentence. (laughs) Keep on. I heard that somewhere. Um, Seth, you don't know what to do. Lean not on your own understanding, but God's, right? And I was like, 
there's nothing. I, I know nothing. I can't do anything without you, God. Please help. And I got the idea. God gave me the idea. Okay, start praying. You cannot go wrong with prayer. And if Melanie says anything about praying, then that only reflects reflects her uh idiocy well i didn't want to say that like uh, i i i and it was like one of the truest things that i knew i'm like okay this no matter if she hates it loves it cusses me out or whatever this is the right thing to do this is the right thing to do no ma- no matter what anybody else in the world says it's like okay it is right and just in any culture in any land in any time to like help an old lady across the street or something, right? No matter if people are making fun, it's like, okay, they're just, they're, then they're messed up, right? And there was a, an assurity that I had in that and a confidence, confidence that I had in that is like, I'm choosing to do the right thing because everything else I've done didn't work and I know this to be true. And it was very awesome to know and experience the power of that, no matter what Melanie said or didn't say, right? Mm-hmm. So... Pray in the morning, pray again at 9 a.m., pray again at 12, pray again at 3, pray at 6, pray at bedtime. So that's six times, yeah, six times a day of prayer. No matter what, no matter where I was, no matter what I was doing, I did it. And that, I believe, is what saved our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I really believe that because... It wasn't God. It was God working through me and like the direct connection that we had to God. And here's an important thing. And I don't know where you guys are, but it's where we are. Me leading it. Mm-hmm. If Melanie had called me or texted me like I had called her for a year and a half, two years at these certain times, if she had led it, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Right? Do you believe that? And I don't think it has anything to do with like me being smart or not or any of the things that people could like infer from that. Like, oh, what? Melanie's not good enough or she's not smart enough or a woman can't, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, that isn't what I am even thinking. Uh, I believe that men are supposed to lead. Like, I believe that. And if In a, a divine and, order of things mm-hmm. like you talk about. And like, like even mm-hmm. if, and I could do it, I could lead it. Of course I could. But I, I just don't think, and it could, I, in a way, I think it's how we're wired. It's how men are wired. It's how women are wired. And that doesn't diminish it. It mm-hmm. only, it's like. It highlights the order of the, <laughs> yeah. so. It um, highlights that that's how we f- are designed. And it, it is not, it is not a demoralizing, diminishing, demeaning anything about women. But um, I don't know. But it yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't have, have, have worked. the same to you. No. If you let it. It wouldn't have and meant wouldn't anything have meant... to me if I had let it. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think I want to side note that and like kind of put a pin in that, that that's what happens when um, men back down from leadership in their marriage is that the wife by, by default goes, well, someone's got to lead this. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff to do. Someone has to take the lead here. So then women start to take the lead. The wives start to take the lead. And then guess what happens? It falls apart Mm -hmm. because it's not, that's not what men want. It's not what women want. And so it just doesn't work. It can, it can, function that way for a while um, but it is like limping at that point mm-hmm. and I'm saying that to empower men to lead and women to let their husbands lead and men be good leaders don't be like idiot leaders mm-hmm. and women be kind about it if your husband's not leading don't just 
throw them under the bus and be like, you're the worst, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I I know that you needed to have been the one to lead lead that. And you were, you did lead it. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we're sort of reiterating that this is, when we talk about uh, redemption in marriage and having God in our lives, like we're showing you where we started. We're showing you what, like we at one point were praying six times a day and we're doing worship every single Sunday for years. And we haven't even gotten into sort of like the second half of our life at Mars Hill mm-hmm. yet. Um, but at that time, that was our whole world was faith and God and Jesus and Christian community and being in the word and going to community groups and listening to sermons and, and getting the books and reading the books together and talking about them with our friends. So it is the fully the world that we were in for was, such a long time. It was like gathering information by, re- well, I mean, we read books all the time, mm-hmm. gathering information, growing our knowledge of God, spirituality, who we were in Christianity and like building ourselves up. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it wasn't like Bible thumping all the, all, it was, it was a system that worked well for us. Now, Mars Hill, of course, if you know anything about Mars Hill, had its stupid stuff, mm-hmm. like super goofy mm-hmm. stuff, right? And a lot of that we bought into, but sustainability of that didn't work. But what we're saying is, Okay, we're on the same page. We have a shared vision of where we want our family to be spiritually, um, emotionally, physically, and I was taking the lead on that. And when when men take the lead on stuff like that, women feel safe, they feel secure, and they feel taken care of mm-hmm. and special, mm-hmm. right? And guys need what is what does John Eldridge say? They need like a, a beauty to rescue, a something to fight, and a something else. I can't dragon to fight. A dragon to fight. I, I can't remember ah, it. There's homeless fully. people right here. Well, doing something to that car. That's fine. No, they were getting out of that car. Oh, okay. Um, and that that is what we were doing, right? And it completely worked. We mm-hmm. found it so impactful and helpful in in our marriage, right? Yeah. And you were gonna say something. Well, and I was just gonna say that I think. Um, this this episode is really all about helping you see how deeply we valued church, how frequently we were going. It was multiple times a week that we were either going to rehearsal, participating in church um, activities. Our you know our kids did the um, they were little, so it was like the childcare stuff. Mm-hmm. But like all of our entire world was the church, um, and. I guess I wanted to just highlight that in this first episode, give you guys a background or like our sort of the history of where we started with our own walks with faith and then what it looked like at Mars Hill, how deeply we were involved in it because that wasn't the case. That hasn't been the case for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know where we started, where we are right now doesn't feel very impactful. And so that's why I wanted to do, I wanted to spend this whole time just talking through like what this what this setup to this looked like and um and in the next episode we are going to talk about the next 5 years pretty much of our Mars Hill experience where it was like Bellevue proper in the same you know it was on stage with Mark Driscoll practically every Sunday it was 
music with Dustin Kinsrew, it was when everything started really ramping up and Mars mm-hmm. Hill started really becoming a lot more popular and, you know, like a, like uh, a Easter real... Sunday at the, at Safeco Field, you mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It it switched. Which from... Safeco Field is where the Seahawks play, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. this was not a small the kind Mariners. of community church. Uh, no, it was at the Seahawks oh, whatever. stadium. Some stadium um, in Washington that does not have a cover on it, which makes Seattle. no sense. And uh, it was it was like, oh, this this is really big. Mm-hmm. This is really famous. It was a mega church. And Melanie, I had gotten out of playing drums, and Melanie had continued like, oh, mm-hmm. now she's on stage literally in front of thousands of people every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so it was ramping up in mm-hmm. a way that still... We thought it was really cool. And right. it's like, okay, we're a part of something bigger. But in our in the back of our minds, we're like, oh wait, that's that's what's yeah. going on. There that's, were things happening, but we'll we'll get that into the next or get into that in the next episode. We need to move because we don't see light very well on our faces and we need to go refresh Tuff's skating that's right. thing at uh Alchemy Skate Park. So uh we will be back with another episode in just a bit here. Um, and we're going to talk more about our journey at Mars Hill and all of it. So, all right. All right. Stay See tuned. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reva Hansen, from Creative Media Support. Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye.